All right. Hello. Idiots on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast, bonus podcast. Hi, Barrett. Hey, man. How are you? I am well. I've got a couple things I want to bounce off you, or one thing I want to bounce off you, but another thing that just happened, uh, not just happened like an event, but uh, I'll talk to you about it because you drive not as much as I do, but pretty close. You are a traveling, yeah. you can be a traveling musician. You drive a lot, correct? Yes. Yeah. Somewhere around. On a in a in a heavy year, I think I drive thirty five to forty thousand miles a year, but in a light year, probably somewhere around twenty to twenty five thousand. Cool, which is double the average. A light year yeah, for you easily. is double the average. Yeah. So easily. you get your oil changed more often than most people would. Yeah, every month and a half or so, give or take. Right. Same here. And that's what I did this morning, uh, dear listeners. I went and got my oil changed. And I what I, I don't know what you do. Do you go to a regular place? Uh, I have two places. Uh, the okay. place where I bought my car uh, has a warranty under them. So they don't, obviously, the oil changes aren't covered. But sometimes they take it there and they do it. Uh, if I can't get an appointment, I just go to the, there's a place like a Jiffy Lube type place right, that I right. go to that, you know, just will see me whenever. I should go to Jiffy Lube because that's all they do is uh, yeah. they just, I chase coupons. So we you get those, when you own a house, you get on a, you know, they just send generic coupons to your house and every so often there'll be an oil change in there. Uh, if I go to my Honda dealership at $60 today, I paid 24 which mm-hmm. is a nice uh, chunk of different change there. Yeah. The problem is, as I chase coupons, I go to different places, and I think it's hilarious because every goddamn place tells me something different. And I, I is, I mean, the industry has to be regulated in some form or another. But literally, I'll go get my oil changed, and they'll be like, "Dude, oh my god, your tires are about to fall off your car. You need to fix it for two hundred dollars." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm good." And then. And a month and a half later, I'll take it to a different place, and they'll say, dude, your battery needs replaced. You can't even start your car. And I'm thinking in my head, okay, but are my tires about to fall off my car? You didn't seem to notice that. The guy, the guy a month and a half ago said my t- And then a month and a half later, I'll take it to a new place, and they'll, dude, I, I can't believe your whole engine is rusted out. You're going to need a, a complete overhaul of your engine for $2,500. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm just going to take it as is. And then, you know, and that's just this perpetual something different is wrong with your car and it's never the same thing like if i got a consistent three times in a row from three different places you know like doctors uh referrals or not referrals what is it called when you, when you get a second opinion from a doctor um mm-hmm. like if i went to an oil change place and they said uh, dude your tires are fucked and then i took it to the next one i said dude your tires are fucked or something you know i can look at my tires and see if they're they're threadbare or worn yeah but it's just, do you run into that with your two places? Because I, I got another one today where he's just like, ah, you know, it's it's not an emergency, but next time you bring it in, you might want to spend $70 on this. And it was something I'd never heard of before. And I'm just like, uh, okay, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens when I take it to a different place next month and what they tell me is wrong with my car. Right. Well, I mean, I haven't experienced that in that way, but I've experienced some, you know, very similar things where, you know, people who live... It's like the auto mechanic places like the movie theater, right? They don't actually make their money off of you coming to see the movie. You know what I mean? They make their money because you buy the soda that they pay eight cents for and charge you $5 for. You know what I mean? Like that's actually where they make their money. And I think that the oil change places are very much the same. They don't make their money off the oil change because if you really think about it, you could change your own oil 
Like, what does a quart of oil cost? If I used to change my own you know oil, you know, right. when it was, and it when it was easy. What, and then they kept putting the uh, <laughs> the oil filter higher and deeper into the car. Right. So now sure. it's just a pain in my fucking ass, and I don't right. do it anymore. Right. But, I mean, but, like, realistically, you could change your own oil for $15. Do you know what I mean? So when you're paying somebody $30 to change your oil, that's not really saving them any money when their employees are making... You know, twelve dollars an hour. That's not probably really more. Mechanics make money. more than that. They they probably do, but but that's even worse. But you know what I'm saying? Like, not worse. It's better for the mechanics, obviously. But but for the overall business, like the way they make their money is by selling you windshield wipers that cost them five dollars that they sell to you for thirty. Yeah, not I uh, your oil. You know what I mean? So no, I, think I know that, that everybody's just gonna find whatever it is that they have excess of that they're trying to get rid of that they have the highest markup on. And these people, it happens to be to be tires. For these people, it happens to be spark plugs. For these people, it happens. You know what I'm saying? Like I think they're just trying to make a dollar at your expense, which is the, the ultimate problem, right? Is that they're trying to get rich off of at your expense? You know, but. Well, I and I took it. Ultimately, what it is took it to the dealer, and I know that I just don't get why they try it because I uh, <laughs> took it to the dealer uh, several times ago, and uh, he came out and said, "Hey, your uh, your air filter needs changed. It'd be I think uh, this is absurd. I think it was fifty nine ninety five for them to change it." Mm-hmm. And so I said, "No, nah, I'm good, thanks." And I went on Amazon and bought an air filter for eleven dollars. Right. Exactly. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Sixty. It took me three minutes to open my hood, right. pop the air filter up, put the new one in, throw the um, at sixty dollars. And if I was rich, I probably would just throw money at the problem. Like, oh yeah, you know, sixty dollars. What's that to me? I'm loaded. But, but I mean, what they're really preying on is your ignorance. They're, they're literally just playing on you. Who's that fucking on. stupid though? I mean, no, everybody. Then again, right? yeah, I mean, Trump like, is president, so. Well, but I mean, really, like, like it's not even just that. It's like you'll also pay somebody to change something when your refrigerator breaks. Or maybe for you, the car is no big deal. But, you know what I mean? Like, somebody, my friend took apart his refrigerator the other day and fixed something in it and put it back. And he just went on YouTube, found a video, and did it. I don't know that I would have done that. I might have just paid the $125 to have somebody do it. He decided that it was worth an hour of his time. He looked on YouTube, found it, found the part, did it himself. Did it, I mean, yeah, I did like, that with my dishwasher, two right. of them. I did that with two different right. dishwashers. I took it, uh, just, you know, general something or other, nothing big. But, yeah. yeah, I've done that in the past. That's the nice thing about YouTube is you can find fucking almost anything right. on there from, you know, like you said, dishwasher or refrigerator to bomb making. I mean, literally, right? It's absurd, right? Like it's, it's it's YouTube University, but I mean, essentially, right? Like if you're willing to do the work, you can have this. You can have what you want. You know what I mean? Like you can save the money because it's like one of my friends said this to me years ago. He said, "Listen, man, you can have the life you want. It's going to take time, energy, or money, and any shortage of one, you'll have to add extra of the others." And there it is, right? Like you can have the life you want it'll cost you time energy or money you can have your oil changed do it yourself or pay the money you know what i mean like i find that that uh if we're if we're gonna take this to the to deep waters quickly right (laughs) arguably for me the real issue comes down to one of 
The reason why most people don't change their oil or change their air filter is a better example because the oil change is like that's actually time consuming. You get dirty. You got to go do a bunch of stuff, right? But yeah, like, you got to dispose of the oil. It's kind of a pain in the ass. Right. It is a pain in the ass. So it might be worth it to spend the 25, 30 bucks to have somebody do it for you. It takes 20 minutes to a half an hour. You're in and out. It's no big deal, right? But like changing your air filter, that's just lazy and stupid, right? Like it's the kind of thing that people don't do because they're afraid. They're ultimately just afraid, right? Because we've been kind of conditioned to be really afraid and stupid so that people can make a lot of money off us. And I feel like in a very weird way, your uh, your oil change example is almost an example of that. But the air filter one is absolutely an example of that. Do you know what I mean? Like the oil change, you could go either way because it's not so expensive that it's like, you know, maybe it's worth it for you to save the time and energy to spend the money because maybe your time is just worth more than that. You know what I mean? Which makes sense to me, right? But the oil filter thing, right. You go, you call Amazon or you order it online. It's at your house in a day. takes five minutes to change. And then you go on about your day. You know what I mean? Like that to me just seems like people who are afraid to get outside of their comfort zone and take a chance, ultimately. Because I don't save think that $50. You save $50 and more than that, the amount of time you save is significant because you don't drive to the place, deal with it. Now, if you're already there and it's worth it for you to not wait the extra five minutes that they're going to take to do it versus the five minutes it takes at your house, that also seems silly, right? Like it's the same five minutes and it's really only five minutes, right? So to me, it just seems stupid. But, you know, I'm also not a wealthy man at the moment, so... I don't know that, you know, I would just opt to do it myself because of economic reasons, you know what I mean? So I can't speak to what other people would do, you know what I mean? But. Now, that's what I said, is if I was a rich man, I'd just throw money at the problem because that's what yeah. you do. But All right, well, this is... Go ahead. Did you have something more? Because I was going to change gears. Oh, no, go ahead. You got it. Well, this is what I really wanted to talk to you about today. Um, and this is going to take some preamble. I need to do a... Not a lot of talking here, but I really want to make sure I explain myself clearly because you know how you get, like, when you have a thought and if you don't communicate communicate it clearly, you can get frustrated. Like, why, don't, why doesn't the other person just understand what I'm trying to say? Because you know what you're saying in your head, even if you're not expressing it. You know what I mean? Like, you can make mm -hmm. jumps. You, you can jump to conclusion in your head. You're like, well, because A, then C, and you don't say B because B is inside your head. Right. So so I need to talk this out and uh, just to get where I'm going. And uh, where do I start? Okay, let's start with the band Judas Priest. Do you remember in the late 80s, early 90s, when they were sued by a family whose kid killed himself? Or no, one, one kid killed himself and the other attempted suicide and I think later died because they said Judas Priest had subliminal messages on their album saying, do it, kill yourself. I, I remember hearing about this kind of around the same time, you know, you hear about people constantly suing Ozzy for that stuff and that Bon right, Jovi right. is gay. And I mean, I heard all of those things. Well, I don't know which that ones last are one's true. true. <laughs> okay. It's possible. Who if knows? his music is any indication. <laughs> God, you're going to get a hate mail for the rest of your life from both the gay community for making for aligning him with them and then him for aligning <laughs> them with him with them or vice versa you know what i'm trying to say i think the gay community would have accepted bon jovi in his heyday maybe not now i don't know but <laughs> all right so that's step one is 
the, the, the Judas Priest suicide trial. Now, if there was, there was a very, very low-budget, shitty, near-unwatchable documentary made about that case, <laughs> and I've never been able to find it. I saw it once, and I watched it, and I'm like, this is really bad. However, there was one interesting aspect to it, which is when you watched it, you realized that the kid tried to kill himself because his life sucked. It had nothing to do with Judas Priest. His parents were just fucking god-awful pieces of shit. And they, of course, then tried to sue, saying, well, it couldn't. It's not our fault, not because we're horrible pieces of shit that he, that he, that he was raised poorly and he tried to commit himself, commit suicide. It must be the music. That's not the case. It's because he was raised by horrible people who were just pieces of shit. Now, that said... Um... There is art and television can have a profound influence on society and personal lives. And I think of Ellen when she came out of the closet on her TV show. It was and we talked about this. I don't know if it was on a podcast when we recorded our conversation or just off just you and I talking. Uh, Kate and Allie, when they had the blackout episode, and they were trapped in it, she was trapped in oh, an elevator. In the elevator with the right, yeah. right. Well, she's she's there. Oh, I'm ta- I'm talking to this guy. He's cute. Let's let's make a date. Boom, the lights go on. He's black. And when that episode aired, it was a interracial dating was a huge fucking deal. And in the '90s, when Ellen came out as gay, gay marriage. You know, Clinton had just signed the Defense of Marriage Act, and suddenly it's like, well, gays are normal people, or inter- interracial dating is okay. It's like by television challenging. Uh, a form of bigotry or it doesn't i'm just using positive examples there can't there are negative examples too i'm drawing a blank on thinking so art can have an effect so i'm I'm arguing that the the suicide fuck that it was maybe you know he was in a place where listening to the music uh you know i i don't know but i just know that it was his home life now on the flip side art can have an effect and the place i'm going with all of this is I started rewatching the TV show Cheers recently. I discovered it was on Netflix, and I'm like, holy shit, I haven't seen this show, you know, since you and I lived in Boston together. I haven't watched it in 20 years. And still a fantastic show. Like, the first season, I was just blown away by how good the writing is, how good, just everything's fantastic. Very nostalgia. I, I would remember episodes, even though I hadn't seen them in 20 years. Um,. All that said, a couple weeks ago, and I'm bouncing around a lot, and I apologize. Or last week, not a couple weeks ago. Last week, you and I, you made it. We talked about how my the first love of my life uh, cheated on her abusive boyfriend with me, and then cheated on me with someone else and dumped me. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. where all this is going is I had a shitty—I don't want to say shitty childhood—but my parents hated one another, and they should have been divorced, and there was no love there. And I'm watching Cheers now with the eyes of an adult, and the relationship between Sam and Diane just fucked up beyond belief, horribly dysfunctional. But I remember watching that show and thinking, why can't they just make it work? Why can't they just make it work? And here I do, then I enter into a relationship with this woman that's just completely damaging and, and, and I've got low self-esteem and I'm doing everything I can to, to win her over. And that's where I'm leaving this. Like, I'm, I've got all these parallels in my head. Like, I'm wondering, 
if I'm watching Cheers and going, yeah, that's normal. That's what I see in my home. My parents, they don't even, they don't have, there was an attraction between Sam and Dan because it's fake. My parents must have had that at one point because they did eventually get married. Or actually that was because I was anyway. Um, but there had to have been something that drew them together at one point. So art reflecting life, creating reality. I don't know. I've just tossed all this at you. What do you think? Wow. Yeah, okay. I know. I mean, well, imagine me uh, trying to dissect it as I'm saying was now. I'm, and I can't I can't blame Cheers and say I watched Sam and Diane have this fucked up dysfunctional relationship. So therefore, I got into a fucked up dysfunctional relationship. No, it all stemmed from my parents. However, because of what I saw in the home, what I saw on the TV didn't stand out to me as fucked up. It was just normal. And so when I was in my fucked up relationship, I could compare it to Sam and Diane saying, oh, there's just got to be something to do to work it out, work it through. And of course, in the end, they don't end up together. She moves right. to California. But I just, I'm watching it now through a lens of 20 years of perspective and being in a happy marriage uh, with a woman I love who uh, acts like she loves me. And I mean that in a good way. I'm trying not to put words in her mouth. She loves me. Um, you know, she doesn't act in the way my first right. uh, girlfriend did, she acts in the complete yes. polar opposite. Um, yeah, all, all indications are that she's into you. Right, right. I'm just saying that, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Art affecting life or just reinforcing beliefs. I don't know. It's just it's what's on my mind, and, and I have no answers. I just have fucked up thoughts. All right. I'll go back to the beginning. And uh, here's Garden of Eden? Well, uh, Yes. Here's what I think. First, I think you should find a new oil change place. No, I'm kidding. We already ended that part. Um, <laughs> I think that... I think that... I will find a new oil change place when the next coupon book comes out. <laughs> exactly. And have the same problems. You just find one that you like that's cheap and use that over and over and over again. But <laughs> it's a different story. Hence Jiffy Lube, uh, where they're not trying to sell you anything. They're just fucking right. 20 minutes in and out, in and out, exactly. 20 minutes. Just fucking change right. your oil. Right. But they don't they do tire rotations. That's why I don't like them. I, no. I like my tire right. rotate. Tires right. rotated. Of course. But they make their money on volume, not on selling you add-ons. You know what I mean? It's a different thing, different model. Um, all right, here's what I think. I think that when, depending on where you are in your own mental process, your own emotional development, de determines that plus your IQ kind of determines what you'll be attracted to and what you'll find amusing, right? Something like Cheers, I really thought it was funny and I liked it, but I never really related to Sam and Diane. I never, that were, they weren't my favorite part of the show. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, I just liked the show because it was funny and it made me laugh and I liked the characters and things like that. But I really, but, you know, because that, well, I, the way they were was nothing like my home life, right? But okay, perfect. You, See, now you are contrasting what I said, so this is good. This is good. Right. All right. So for you, because it was something that at the time you related to, one, you found it amusing because it was familiar, and two, you were like, but why don't they just work it out? That's what people do in this situation. They work it out. Now, as an adult... But not an adult in an unhappy relationship, adult, an adult in a happy marriage, you're like, oh, they're just not right for each other. But if you were in a really shitty marriage, you'd probably watch and be like, oh, that's hilarious. They go through the same stuff we go through, honey. Right? And you find some similarity in there and you find it amusing. Well, I that's mean, what I know, did with, so. I'm, I'm going to use the name Judy, uh, who we, the mm -hmm. one we mentioned that cheated on me that after, yeah, um, we said it last week, but 
Yeah, I, I was going to go into backstory again, but there's no need. But yeah, that's exactly, <laughs> I would relate to that. I would see the right. damage in that. And then again, and this is stupid, and you want to call Bon Jovi gay, I'll call myself gay. I, in certain ways, and this is horrible, saw the same thing uh, between Buffy and Angel when he lost, when he regained, no, when he lost his soul and regained his the demon and their relationship was fucked up in season two of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. When I see these damaged relationships, I'm like, yeah, I get that. I understand that. I relate right. to that. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's also one of those things that really, it like, here's my, here's my, my overall problem with the whole art influencing life thing, right? Like, the problem is it's is it's much like racism and sexism and every other ism. It's not just one thing, right? Like we we're always looking for this one villain, this one princess, this one thing, right? If a kid kills himself because he listens to Judas Priest because he hears something in there that tells him that he should end his life, then that means the kid wanted to end his life and he was looking for something that gave him permission to do that. He couldn't find anything, so in his mind he fabricated something. Do you know what I'm saying? Or not him. I could not agree with you more, like, and that's what I thought at the time during the case. Right. I'm like, because I listened to Slayer, and yeah. it was just a perfect outlet for me. I'd go to their concert and thrash around and be in the mosh pit. But I never worshipped Satan. I didn't, you know, leave the Slayer yeah. show and go, wow, they're singing about Satan. Now I, mean, I need to draw a pentagram on my wall. Man, seriously, there are plenty of songs that just tell you to kill yourself. There are plenty. They just flat out say, kill yourself, kill yourself, kill yourself. I've heard them. There's plenty of sad Isn't emo songs. Isn't that Stormtroopers of Death? Kill yourself, right. kill yourself. There you go. Why don't right. you kill yourself? Don't there, rely on exactly no one to end it all and kill yourself. About. I just couldn't remember who the artist was. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So, you have them. You also have all that emo shit back when, you know, back when we were kids. That wasn't called emo oh, back the then. The Cure. Some right. Other. Right. Like, you're literally talking about people who were, who would talk about how sad they were and how they just wanted to end it all. You had the Smiths and the Cure and all this stuff. And it's like, not that they said that they also said, they also wrote Love Song, which is about loving something. And I'm like, 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 come on. Like, they're just talking about their feelings. They're not telling anybody to do anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, any more than a baseball player is telling me to go hit a ball with a stick. Right, right, and the, Judas the, Priest, they had right, to say right. it was subliminal messages, too, because what's Judas Priest singing about? Breaking right. the law, breaking the law. I'm the green man, Alishi, with the two-pronged crown. Hell-bent, hell-bent for leather. Right. I don't yeah. get kill I mean, yourself right. out of any of their songs. Exactly, but what you but here's the here's the problem. What it is, and, and this is where, you know me, like, as a black dude, I'm kind of congenitally conspiratorial, or have a conspiracy theory nature, I suppose, whatever that means. But I think the correct term is paranoid. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> that would be a good one. Right? <laughs> but, but really, right, here's what I think. I think that for the past 500 years, we have a country that is based on the absolute most fantasy land Disney bullshit that you could ever imagine, right? You have a whole bunch of people who landed on an island, or not an island, on a country, I suppose, and uh, decided that they were going to yeah, but we only really wanted the good part. We we left Mexico to the Mexicans and Canada to the Canadians because we didn't want either of those. So I'll call it a country for now. I, I I was kind of aware of it when I said it. I was like, yeah, but we didn't want the rest of it. We took what we wanted because if we wanted the rest of it, we'd have taken it. Let us be real, right? If we wanted Canada, Canada would be called the United States. 
And if we wanted Mexico, Mexico would have been called the United States also, right? Yeah, it kind of was with Texas <laughs> so, and California and all right, the things they exactly. say are still theirs. Right. So we took everything we wanted, right? And to me, what happened was we got here and said, well, God gave us everything from the Atlantic to the Pacific. Manifest destiny. That is literally what the country is built on. And then you have people who say there's no such thing as privilege. How is that even possible? Right? How <coughs> do you have a country built on the concept of privilege, right, where the people who live here, you kill them, and then you enslave a bunch of other people, knock them over the head, drag them here, and make them your slaves. Then you take all the poor people and make them slaves, and then you, you get smarter and make the lighter pale people, the lighter poor people, field hands who can, can, who can run the other people. But they're really just all your employees. They're just different level of servants for you, right? And then you tack onto that many, many, many years of bullshit and you get to a place where people say things like, even though I beat my kid, I drink too much, and my kid is this and my, and my husband is this and my wife is this and blah, 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 and this, that, and the other thing, it's Judas Priest's fault that my kid is dead. Right? Because we literally have a 500-year history of training people not to be responsible for their own shit. Right? To live in a world in which they can reap all the benefits they want to if they're willing to go get them. Theoretically, right? That's the story we're told. But that, like, if you see an industrious Mexican with a lawnmower, he took your job. Even though you didn't go to the store and get yourself a lawnmower and start your own little business, he stole your job. And if you get rid of him, what that means is there's just one more lawnmower at the Home Depot. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't mean some industrious person like these two people whose kid killed themselves. I feel bad for them. Like, I really do. Like, I'm sure that wasn't their intention when they were raising him is that one day he's going to kill himself, right? They just did a piss poor job of it. Because, they, you know what I'm saying? But no, no, I'm I sure know, that uh, yeah. it's not their intention. They didn't mean for him to die. But they, they took an approach where, like, it's clearly somebody else's fault that their kid is not doing what he's supposed to do. It's the teacher's fault. It's society's fault. It's this person's fault. It's that person's fault. And it's like, come on. Like, at what point do, you, do you, we not have a nation full of people who think everything else is somebody else's fault? Do you know okay, what I mean? So like, I think they're just an example of 500 years of training. You know, so that goes all. to the, um, um, fuck, 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 John Cusack, High Fidelity, where he asks, did music make me sad or I'm attracted, does music make me sad or am I attracted to the music that allows me to feel what I already feel? Something There's a question in there where he asks that. Right. So absolutely. are we all just attracted to the art we relate to? I mean, ultimately, why else would you be attracted to it? That makes sense. Well, I mean... I'm. I don't relate to Taylor Swift at all, but fuck, I hate the fact that her songs are goddamn catchy. Yeah, but you don't listen to them for. You don't consciously choose to listen to them for anything well, I don't, other than. Right. I was going to say I don't listen to them if I'm feeling introspective or thoughtful. They become background noise. They don't. I mean, they don't. I mean, I would argue that you don't even listen to them. I would argue that you just allow them to remain on the radio when they come on without turning the channel. You know That's I mean? true. I'm, like, I'm trying to I think if I could. I don't, I, like, you know, 
you don't consciously turn it on. You know what I mean? Like, like well, there are some dim playlists. You know? I don't like choose out like, ooh, let's listen to Taylor Swift. But right, I I have thrown her in playlists that I've put sure. together. Like, oh, let's throw a Taylor Swift song in here. Right. Yes, and that's because you're you. But um, no, I mean, listen, I teach Taylor Swift <laughs> to to kids all the time, and so. They're, they're, listen, the songs are brilliantly written by great songwriters who know what the hell they're doing, right? And I think Taylor Swift is a talented songwriter. Yeah, they're catchy as goddamn fuck. Yeah. Like, they might I not be deep or meaningful or right. anything, but... And, and listen, if you're a 15-year-old... If you're a 15-year-old girl, maybe it is deep and meaningful to you, right? Like, when we were children... We also true, fair things, point. Right? We listened to things that we felt were speaking to us, and they probably were. Right. When Madonna was saying, you know, like a virgin, it's like, yeah, what did she do? Dedicated her album to all the virgins out there. That was everybody I knew. Do you know what I mean? Like, wow, she dedicated her album to us. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we felt. Right. So it's not really. But but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like you identify with what you identify with. Now I listen back to some of that 80s stuff and I'm like, Wow. Yeah, that's interesting that I really like this. And sometimes I listen to some of the 90s stuff and I go, wow, that's interesting that I thought this was good at some point. And I find it nostalgic and interesting and it reminds me of a different time in my life. But I have no interest in, like, you know, consciously choosing that stuff because it doesn't, it no longer speaks to who I've become. You know what I mean? But Well, that brings me to a different point because just uh, off the top of my um like, because I feel the same way. I can put on a Judas Priest song or an Iron Maiden song and really love it. But three Judas Priest or three Iron Maiden songs later, and I'm like, all right, I'm ready to turn this off. Not because I dislike it, just because I'm not that, I'm not there anymore. Right. But I know plenty of guys I went to high school with who still do like that. And I find that, I don't want to say sad because that's judgmental, but there, there seems to definitely be a lack of growth there when you get trapped right. in a certain, certain phase of your life and do not move past it. I can revisit that phase of my life, but I can no longer live there. Yeah, if you went back to your high school reunion and they played all music from your high school and you danced around and you hung out with your friends and one of your friends, like... His little brother had the same car that he drove to high school and picked you up and you guys drove around and the cassettes were still in there and you popped in some Judas Priest. You could listen to the whole album and bang your head and crack the fuck up for one evening. It would be amazing, right? Best time of your life. Next day, you wouldn't want to do it again for 10 years. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, here, I'll go you I mean? one further. Slayer just announced their farewell <coughs> tour. They said that they're done. They're wrapping it up after this. And a couple of what my buddies they, said, oh. well, they, they, <laughs> he's, a couple of my buddies said we should go to it. And I'm like, I would go to it if they signed a contract and said they would not play any song <laughs> after 1986. Because <laughs> that's when I, you know, after Rain and Blood, I don't want to hear anything. Right. I don't want to hear anything they put out in the 90s or 2000s. I just don't care. <laughs> I want it to be an evening of nostalgia for me. I'm not even being funny. I know. You know? I want to hear Kill 'em All, uh, Rain and Blood, but yes. Hell okay. Away. Oh, that's Metallica. That's I knew I was confused. That's See, that's how far away from all this I am. I want to hear uh, Hell Awaits, Rain and Blood, Hunting yeah. the Chapel. That's the one I was trying yeah. to think of. I want to hear yeah. Die by the Sword, goddammit. 
It's a fucking great song. <laughs> Satan watches all of us. Smiles as some I do mean, his bidding. What's the the South of Heaven one? That that's that's the a one good that track like. off that album, but I'm not sure I like that whole album. I like yeah. that track, but yeah, that's that's my favorite song of theirs. But I was never really a big Anna fan of their of stuff. Heaven. Yeah, it just it never spoke to me the way it spoke to other people. I mean, listen, you know, I'm a black dude who grew up in a working class black neighborhood who hung out like in my neighborhood. If you played music, <coughs> you either played in church, which I didn't do because my parents did not go to church, which meant I did not go to church, or you played rock. You know what I mean? So I played in a bunch of rock bands and I hung with all the hip hop kids and would play breakdance stuff and all that other stuff, but as a drummer, as keep a in kid, mind, listeners, hip hop back then was Run DMC. So. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't hip hop; it was rap. It was like you know, it was not the right. yeah, it I was mean, not public, what you think it is. Yeah, Public Enemy was like the closest to like, they came in '89, right? Right, like right around there. That's when it was like, yeah, now we're getting into some music and stuff. You know what I mean? It was a different thing, but you know, so playing a lot of drums and and playing a lot of rock bands and stuff, you learn all that stuff, but. Slayer never really spoke to me, like, in the way that other stuff did, you know? But I I hear you. Like, there's a point at which, like, even stuff like, if you take classic bands, like the Eagles and shit, you know what I mean? Like, there's a point at which I like everything they do. Or the Almond Brothers, right? There's a point at which I really like it, and then I'm like, okay, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, after that point, I'm like, ah, Stevie Wonder. Years now, the of the Eagles Stevie I just found I sleepy. Love. But, yeah, Stevie... When right? he hit, uh, I just called to say I love you. You're like you're done. You're you're you can't listen to anything from there forward. It's got to yeah, be '70s like, Stevie. Right, '70s, early '80s, some of the mid '80s stuff. He had a song or two here or there. Like when he did the Jungle Fever soundtrack, there were one or two songs off that. They were like, oh yeah, these are good songs. You know what I mean? But like for the most part, the collections. Really? Like, because all I can think of in my head is I've got jungle fever, she's got jungle fever, this might be the gayest song ever <laughs> written. That's a horrible goddamn song. It it's is, the cheesiest it's fucking stupidest song ever. Yeah, but it, but it was designed to be anthemic, groovy, and fun, and that's what it was. I don't think he was trying to make some because it's just a cool like you know, it's got a cool little groove to it. The melody's catchy. It's very singable. It's I like I find it grady. You know, sure, <laughs> but I do remember it, and I haven't heard the goddamn song right, right. like <laughs> since right. the movie and, came out. And it was written for a movie to be a theme song to a movie, and it did the job. You know what I mean? Like it did what it was supposed to do. You also have to keep in mind that back in those days, that's when like what was his face. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Top Gun guy. What's his name? I want to say Michael McDonald, but it wasn't him. It was the other one. Oh, uh, Kenny Loggins. Right. They were writing all those. We were like, you know, yeah. it was that time. I'm period, all you know right. I mean? Right. It's like, come on. That's what everybody was doing. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like movies were an excuse to make music videos, right? Like, we got a shitty movie and an awesome soundtrack. Well, that's right? not just that. Every movie, not every, but a lot of movies in the 80s had a music video right in the center of them. Oh. Where they would just do like a montage <laughs> right. of something happening. But the, the you know, like... You know, the, the, the ski slopes as they trained, or Rocky Willie would train, right. or Cobra right. where they do the right. uh, 
Brigitte's doing the modeling shoot as he's riding around on his motorcycle doing detective cop stuff. But there's the, this god awful song playing the entire time. It's literally a music video in the middle of a goddamn movie. Right. Exactly. And they would sell those soundtracks, man. Talk about ad odds, man. They made so much money off that shit. Like the 80s and 90s basically just rained money down on people. Like the people who had the money, they just were cashing in, like left and right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, That's why I feel no sympathy for them today because it's like you ripped yeah, us they, off. They totally. They yeah. They 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 basically just had the same idea that if we tie this back into what we're talking about, right? They had the same idea that they could basically keep nickel and diming us from fifty different angles with no restrictions, and that somehow that was going to be able to keep going. And more than that 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 they were going to be able to keep track of it and know where it where it was 20 years later right so now it's just so woven into the fabric of the machine that you've got the Weinsteins of the world fucking you know groping women but i mean really he's been doing it for what how long has he been in the business right well since the 80s when people right. started bumping into him. i just saw the weirdest story right. talk about intertwined I saw a story that said Miramax was going to buy the Weinstein Company, which I didn't look it up, but I'm like, uh, Harvey founded Miramax. What happened? I like, you talk about intertwined, like, wait a second, Miramax is going to buy the Weinstein Company, even though the Weinstein founded Miramax, and then, like, aren't they already related? It is intertwined. Yes, it's what we call a scam, right? So in New York, there are two stores for all of you people listening who live in the New York City area who happen to be musicians. So if you don't already know this... Actually, let me um, interrupt you very quickly. This is odd. Uh, I looked at the stats uh, for the podcast this morning just because I was Mm -hmm. stuck during the oil change. Um, Oddly enough, we have a decent Saudi Arabia presence. So Saudi Arabia, if you ever want to visit New York, uh, Barrett's going to tell you where to go right now. Continue, Barrett. So should you be there looking for some strings for your zither or something like that, and you end up in... Ah! <laughs> that was very well played. I like that. <laughs> yes. So you end up at Sam Ash, and then they tell you that the strings are $12 a pack, and then you go, fine, well, I'll just go over to Manny's Music across the street. They'll be like, oh, man, that's too bad. Here's the problem. Oh, maybe about 15, 20 years ago, Sam Ash bought Manny's, and in a stroke of sheer genius, which they didn't do with any of the other stores that they bought off on 48th. 48th Street used to be Music Row, right? So Sam Ash has bought the vast majority of that now and just made them all Sam Ash, different departments of Sam Ash stores, right? And so... I already see but, where you're going with this. They with left Manny's, one, quote, independent. Right. They kept it alone. They left it alone. They It looks the same, got the same pictures, right? It does. So now it's the illusion of competition. It'd be like if you found out Burger King and McDonald's were owned by the same parent company, Wendy's, which was just pretending to be the third stringer when they really were the boss. You know what I mean? It's like some shit like that, right? And so I think that that's what the whole mirror makes. That's like a fucking scam. It's like he knows what he, and it's probably perfectly legal because he probably doesn't own Miramax, right? Yeah, he's probably just, a shareholder or something right. like that at this point. Right. So Miramax can buy out his company 
changed the name of it, you know, and just keep moving along business as usual, and they'll just put him behind closed doors, unless he goes to jail or something. I don't know what's going to happen to him, but you know what I mean? I have no clue. But What would you do if you were him? I I would I would pull uh, what's his name Polanski is that the guy Yeah I I see that's the same thing as I would have I'd be living in Belize or Bali or you know I would have yeah. been gone in a heartbeat I would have just yes. been like Yeah all right I'm I a multi multi millionaire I'm just going to take as much money as I can and I'm bye Yeah especially if I was his age if I was his age I wouldn't want to spend the rest of my years as a pariah or oh, that's, he just must have so much like ego that. in it where he thinks he's going to, you know, come get get off or that he'll be accepted back in Hollywood or he just wants another Oscar. He wants to go back to the parties. At some point, you got to come to terms with. Anyway, let's let's wrap this up. So to, to put a bow on this or a cherry on this Sunday, a bow on this package, a cherry. What do you think? Do you think it's just naturally aging? Except we've already discounted that with people that I know that are you know, well out of high school that still listen and act like they're high school uh, shit. They, they they still listen um, to the same things. Or do you think it's important to become aware of the art you're attracted to and why you're attracted to it? Or do you think you should just be attracted to art and not give it any thought? Or I don't, I don't know. All right. Or do you think it's important to look back after 20 years and see where you were and see if you have any realizations like I did with the TV show Cheers? I mean, you know, you in my life right now, uh, in a, in a space of extreme introspection, which is why I have am and probably will be for another at least ten days or so. I think that wait, wait, explain, go back. You what? I'm in a real place of introspection, right? So like, I'm no, just but you like, said I have, and you, I'll probably I'll probably be there at least for another ten days. <laughs> no, no, it sounded like maybe you said. I am in a place of, but you emphasize the word like I have am or I. Oh, no, the, no. Oh, maybe I just misspoke. I don't know. The but way you I, said something made it sound like you had something and I didn't understood what it was. Oh, I got the fact that you're being introspective okay. and will be for a while. Well, but I, he, I mean, here's my thought. My thought is that like when you say getting older, it, it should make a difference. But you just when we discounted that it's not getting older. It's getting more mature. It's growing up. Right, getting older is not a choice. Growing up is a choice, right? Ah. So I think it's growing up is what it is. It's like stepping into and because we live in a a, a system that has no rites of passages, like no real rites of passages, like for real. Do you like know Israel, I mean? you have to join the military. You right. literally have to spend yeah. two years in the right. service. Italy, Germany, Austria, Switzerland. I don't know about Germany, but I think Austria, Switzerland, all of them. You join the army for two years. Every every house has a gun. It has an AK-47 or some bullshit to hang by the door next to the umbrella. It's like, yeah, like you have to earn the right to be a citizen in these countries. You vote. You take part in shit. You do stuff. You know what I mean? Now, granted, they're a lot smaller than us, right? So... We have to take that into consideration, but I think that because we no, have they're no smaller and passage, they're homogenized, that too, right? Right. So you have a system where like nothing ushers you into adulthood, right? Like you graduate high school and you get a job that doesn't actually usher you into adulthood. You lose your virginity. You have your first beer. You get a car. You know what I mean? None of these things actually make you an no, adult. No, wait, wait. Do you I know don't know what you mean. Back up. Lose your virginity. What's that like? <laughs> well, I'm curious now. One day on your fiftieth birthday, you ah. can take you can take fifty dollars down <laughs> to the worst part of town, and somebody will make a man out of you. Which in Iowa is still a pretty decent part of town. 
right. Then maybe for 50 bucks, you can go twice. <laughs> but All right, so... <coughs> that's my thought. Basically, the long and short of it is I think that, that, yes, I think that you should look back because I think 2020 hindsight is what allows you to live a better future, right? So you just don't use your 2020 hindsight to tell funny stories about the lesson you should have learned or could have learned. Learn the lesson and move your life forward. Well, this goes into something you and I talked about not recording. We talked about this the other day about forgiving yourself and the importance of not. Right. Right. And I absolutely didn't have any attachment to what I felt. I was just like, interesting. Wow. I really. But I didn't beat myself up. I didn't like, oh my God, this is why I was with. My parents were bad, so I associated with the TV show, and that put me in a shitty relationship. That's the Judas Priest suicide thing, which is you right. feel too much. I just went, wow, that is really interesting that at the t- like, just I was looking at it with a completely new set of eyes saying this relationship is damaged. Holy shit. I still kind of want to see them get together, but I know it's wrong. <laughs> I know right. it's wrong. Right. You know, Whereas it's back then idea. it was just like, why can't <laughs> right. they, why can't they just work it out? So, but yeah, it's it's a matter of not holding yourself to your past, owning up to it, own up to your past, right. just learn from it, and don't don't wear it like a martyr. Don't but, don't beat yourself up over it. I mean, well, well one last thing, because I know we're trying to sign off here, but, like, you know, if you look at TV now, right, what you'll see is a lot of black superheroes, gay superheroes, all kinds of interesting things, interracial relationships, interracial homosexual relationships, like all kinds of stuff all over the TV because the the, the television is trying to uh, desensitize people to the idea that this is a bad a bad thing, right? So using the media, I think it's the backlash against the Trump thing, right? I wonder if in the 80s and 90s, because these people, like the people in our parents' generation, they all got married at a time where divorce was not something people did, especially good, wholesome white people, right? And so because most of the people who are our parents' age probably were in relatively similar marriages, they put relatively similar TV shows on there that told them that this kind of behavior was okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, that's, like, ridiculous, but part of it is, like, I think you're right. Like, when you tell your story about being a child in this kind of relationship, half the people I know in our age bracket, their parents are the exact same as yours. Do you know what I mean? Like, it might have just been a... It may have been an actual reflection of the times. Yeah, back then you you did stay together for the kids, and it was somewhere in the 90s or 2000s that they... Absolutely. You know, Psychology Today came out with a report that says, hey, this actually is more damaging. Get divorced. Love your kids uh, separately. Right, exactly. And I think now the TV shows reflect that. You have shows with separated parents raising kids. and Like, I think that the TV shows, to a certain degree reflect the times that that they're being aired in but to another degree they also reinforce those times do you know what i mean if that makes sense right like you know because i think that had they shown a bunch of really good relationships on tv people wouldn't have watched as much but the people who did would have learned better lessons and therefore led better had better relationships in their future lives you know what i'm saying i do but then the one of the biggest shows back then was the cosby show which was all about positivity and look how that turned out well, yeah, that's a whole different thing. But but I will say this, but as a as a young black person growing up and watching that show, it had a profound impact on me. Oh, I, I would you imagine it was what we're talking about. Is you, right. It was a very powerful, positive black role right. model for right. the African-American community. Right. And, and, just, and it just showed the rest of the world that black people have the same problems that everybody has. 
right? If you have two kids or three kids and you live in one house, you're going to have similar problems, whether you're black, white, Asian, or whatever. And I think that's basically what they're trying to show. It wasn't supposed to be a black show. It was just supposed to be a show about a family that happened to be black so people could see that black people lived the same lives everybody else did. Their kids cheated on tests and had girlfriends and boyfriends and got their hearts broken. And you know, Dad was raping. And dad was out, you know, raping 50 women. <laughs> what did Chappelle say? He's putting up real numbers. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, like 50-something women. Jesus Christ, dude. Like, seriously? Yeah. Like, wow, man. That's like some twisted shit, dude. Like, you Especially like, considering how much was probably just getting thrown at him for being a celebrity, the, the mean, biggest and, TV and, star in the world. Right, and at what point do you not have enough common sense to just go find a prostitute whose job it is, like an escort or a call girl or somebody oh, high end. that didn't work out too well for Eddie Murphy or Hugh Grant. But I mean, like, but I mean, if you're like, listen. Actually, I mean, in the long run, it did. They went oops and moved on with their lives and right. everybody forgave them. So. Well, because you could just say, listen, I'm into some freaky shit. I'm just into some freaky stuff and I need someone who's going to do it. And this is who does it. I'm sorry, folks. Like, just own it, right? Own it and move on. But, like, because I'm sure he could have found somebody who had been perfectly happy to be drugged or dropped in a pit of ice to be frozen. He could pretend they're dead, whatever sick shit he wants to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, whatever. Somebody will let you do it for the right price. Does and it, yeah, does it buy the prostitute? Do it. Just right. lay there. Right, That's exactly. That's it? You don't want me to get into or, it? Nope. Hell, just can, lay there. I mean, just say, listen, I'm going to dope you up so you won't even be here for this. And when you wake up, there'll be $500 in your pocket. Great. Sign me up. Wake me. Listen, do whatever you want. Just don't wake me up. Right? That's all she's got to say. You know, if that's what you're into, like if that's your thing, you know what I mean? it's like, I'm sorry. Yeah, just find a consenting adult. Right, all right. Exactly. That's the point. Like, it just seems like idiotic to me. Like, it's just stupid. Same thing with Weinstein. They're just stupid. It's like, just go pay somebody to act like this. If this is what you want. You have all the money. What do you care? You know what I mean? Like, what's wrong with you? You know? Anyway. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, until next week. <laughs> All right, antargoodwin.com, nathantimmel.com. If you got thoughts, ideas, or uh, pushback for anything we said, yeah, like all that, give it gay to us. Stuff. Leave comments. The, tell us about all it. the gay stuff you said is going to get you hate mail. Listen, From folks. Who? Nobody I, likes Bon Jovi. I, listen, I like gay people. Some of my best friends are gay. I have them over for dinner all the time. I didn't there say anything go. anti-gay. <laughs> I just said Bon Jovi was gay. And that's not anti-gay? Now we can get Bon Jovi hate mail. <laughs> Bye, kids. Bye. <laughs>